0: Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook.
1: Alex, a special welcome back to 2020.
0: Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you again.
1: Alex, let's start with a listener question before we get into identity theft and credit cards. A listener question from Lanise who says, My 59-year-old husband Michael is in chronic pain from complications following surgery. We sought a second opinion and Michael has been diagnosed with irreversible damage and his only prognosis is lifelong pain management. Consequently, Michael really needs to retire early. Fortunately, we own our home in Tasmania, but I only work part-time and have a car loan. I'm 59 years old and do have some minor health issues which prevent me from working full-time. We do have some superannuation, but will naturally need an income. Michael's medical expenses are ongoing. We're prayerfully seeking wisdom and sound financial advice as to and as we do need an income. Uh, what would you suggest? Alex, what are your thoughts for Linux? Mm.
0: Yes, look, this is a great question um, and a tough one to some degree because obviously there's a bit of detail that sits behind this. Um, but a couple of things and just initial thoughts. Now I'm gathering that Michael's still working but he just needs to retire early because of the, um, the, uh, the, the pain. Um, but a couple of things I, w- I would suggest. The first thing is to talk to uh, Centrelink and to see if you qualify for any disability support benefits. So just to see, because I mean, the key issue here from what I've been gathering is you need to get an income stream and and Michael can either reduce his work or cease his work altogether and uh, for the not able to work full time. So let's see if we can get some income firstly from Centrelink and see if you qualify for any support from them. Always, I mean, there's so many government programs these days. It's always worth looking into and seeing what you might be eligible for. So that's the first one. The second thing is because of Michael's age, so Michael is 59, so my guess is he's reached what we call preservation age. Now preservation age is the age in which you can access your superannuation. Now for most of us that is age 60, but if you're born before 1 July 1964 it works in a tiered structure down to age 55. So Michael, there's a good chance uh, that Michael will be eligible to access some of his super either as a lump sum if he ceases work. So there's some conditions in order to get it, okay? It's what we call satisfying a condition of release. If he was to cease work permanently, he'd be able to access the the capital. Um, If he was to... uh, basically go on to what we call transition to retirement you could start an income stream from that money and actually start getting income from it and winding his way out of the workforce so that that's so it's really worth having a look at the super and seeing uh, if you meet the eligibility requirements to start accessing it and potentially taking an income stream from your super fund and I would encourage you to reach out and get professional uh, advice from a licensed financial planner in that regard, because there are strict rules around super. Um, the third thing I'd say is, if you do have any personal insurances, like things like income protection, TPD. Now, once again, I'm guessing that Michael is still working, so he probably won't necessarily be eligible for some of these. But as I say, I'd look closely at your insurances to see if you qualify for any payments there, given what's happened uh, to Michael. Um, then the last thing is just consider different ways you can boost your income Um, you know we live in this amazing world now of technology where people can work from home much more easily there may be things he can do uh, to work from home to reduce his hours and do work where you don't actually have to leave the house there's things like market research there's all sorts of different things you can do that are phone based that you can do from your home so just explore those kind of things um, so you can take the pressure off of having to go to work uh, in a full-time capacity etc particularly in a lot of pain um, so there's a couple of just initial thoughts um, uh, about this particular situation but Neil I thought also it'd be good to pray for, for Michael um, you know I, I in my job as a financial advisor I hear lots of stories and people going on insurance claims so I thought it'd be just great we pray for him uh, as well I think
1: that would be good and uh, so Alex would you like to lead us in a prayer for Michael
0: absolutely Lord we, we lift up Michael to you Lord Uh, Lord, uh, we just ask for your divine healing. We know that you are a supernatural God, uh, that you love us, and you have this amazing power and a power to heal. And so, Lord, we just pray uh, for Michael that you'll heal him from this pain, that you'll deliver him from it, uh, and that his body will be completely restored. So, Lord, we just ask this uh, in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
1: And isn't it interesting, it's a reminder too, isn't it, that uh, not everyone's uh, getting older into towards retirement is by the book. Uh, there's complications mm. and there's all sorts of dimensions and uh, that's why we need some great insight uh, from your expertise, Alex Cook. Hey, we want to give some attention today too to another issue and that one around identity theft and uh, focus even on our credit cards and some vulnerabilities there. How big a problem is identity theft? Have you been doing some research on this, Alex?
0: I have. Look, it's something that's really exploded. Obviously, we've had the internet now for, what, over 20 years, um, but it's really exploded in the last few years. Um, It's estimated that something like over $400 billion is now lost every year in cybercrime. And in Australia, they estimate about 1.6 billion is stolen from people uh, through identity theft and through these uh, cyber crimes that are taking place, uh, particularly online credit. So, you know, online credit card transactions, things like that, is something like 900 million dollars worth. So, it's a it's a massive issue. Um, you know, it used to be old school where people would steal mail from letterboxes to try and get people's identity. Now it's, uh, you know, through people's emails, you know, people clicking on links that they shouldn't click on. Um, the other big one is, you know, where a major website gets hacked and then people's uh, data, particularly their name and um, passwords, get found out. And then all of a sudden you start getting, you know, bombarded with emails, asking for money and so forth. So, um it's is a really big issue, and the one message I really want to leave with listeners here is: don't think that it won't happen to you. You know, the the classic mistake when people think about um, some life events, you know, sickness and all these sort of things that we we often talk about, is that the thought that it'll never happen to me. Um, you know, identity theft is a huge issue, and it can have a massive stress in your life if all of a sudden, you know, people are taking out loans in your name, etc. Um, and there are risks. Banks won't always compensate depending on how these things took place. Uh, So it's really important to protect yourself, and we'll talk about some means as how you can do that in a moment. Um, But nonetheless, this is a very real issue, and and please don't fall into the trap thinking it'll never happen to me, because that is a a big risk that uh, many people fall into myself so included.
1: You've got to take precautions. As you say, Alex, uh, the bank won't always be your backup. Uh, there's this sort of thought that if someone uh, scams me on my credit card, the bank will back me up and uh, I won't be a loser in the long run. But uh, but you're saying that doesn't always happen or are they
0: tightening their policies around that, do you think? Uh, look, credit cards tend to be okay. Debit cards are much more problematic. Um, but the problem is it's not always guaranteed, and, and there could be issues around. You know, how quickly do you tell the bank when you identify and so forth? So, it's it's something needs to be to be watched, um, and you need to, to monitor it. Make sure you check your statements regularly. Um, you know, look for things that look don't that look unusual, and, and ask questions. A lot of people just you know receive their credit card statements and they never actually check them at all. They just pay the bill. Um, I would encourage people to just be a little bit more diligent, um, and in fact the the step that i this is what i personally do Um, i would encourage people to take up what's called a a credit alert system Uh, and companies like equifax and there's a few other big credit uh, agencies in australia and these are the people that do credit scoring which we can talk about in a moment but what these agencies do is they send you an email if someone takes out credit in your name so if you go and apply for a credit card you, you get sent an alert and obviously, you'll know straight away if it's you or if it's somebody else. Uh, it's a very low cost type service, uh, and I, as I say, I personally use this because if someone, I want to find out immediately if someone's taken out a credit card or a loan in my name. So, very worth uh, having these things, and you know, you can just Google these, um, you know, you know credit credit alerts, um, and a great way to protect yourself from people stealing your ID and taking out debt in your name. You mentioned
1: identity theft, uh, credit cards, credit scores. Uh, How does Mm. the impact of uh, what happens with identity theft affect our credit score,
0: Alex? Mm. Potentially significantly. So just so people understand, we all have a credit score that gets assigned to us um, and it's one of the factors that... Banks use, particularly when you're applying for a home loan, or um, banks also, or even phone companies like Vodafone and Optus, if you're taking out a you know a monthly mobile plan, they'll do a credit check on you to see that you're um, you know you're going to pay your bills, uh, and it's a score usually between zero and a thousand. Don't panic if you because you can get these for free by the way. So I'd encourage this to actually jump online and order a free credit check, uh, and you, you'll get sent you know your report. As I say, they're free. You can Usually get one a year, and it'll actually have your score on it. Now, don't be panicked if your score isn't as high. As long as you're credit worthy and you don't have defaults, so that what banks are trying to use here so is they want to look at your financial history. They want to see what credit you already have. So you know you have a car loan. How many credit cards do you have? What's your credit limits? They want to see all of that. But what they're particularly concerned with is making sure you have no defaults. Okay, they want to make sure that you're up to date on all your payments because they access these facilities and they'll see whether or not you're behind in your loans, uh, behind in uh, if, if you've had any defaults on your credit card. They'll see it, see it all. The other thing they look at is how many inquiries you make. Are you someone who's regularly applying for credit with different organisations? That may set off uh, alerts to them, if you like. So, anyone listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I want to take out a home loan in the next, you know, couple of years. You want to make sure that your credit score is, is solid, that you don't have too many credit inquiries and that you're fully up to date with your um, credit facilities. You want to make sure you've got no defaults. Um, and a good reason why you can you know, access an access for free is you have a chance to fix it. Uh, also check that there's no errors on it as well because if you apply for a home loan, you don't want to get knocked back uh, for things you didn't realise.
1: So, you mentioned some big credit bureaus, uh, Experian, mm. Equifax, and Illion. Uh, will your mm. current bank let you know what your credit score is, or is it something they keep secret?
0: Uh, they tend not to tell you, they'll just knock you back saying it was on the basis of your credit history. Um, you can uh, request information and say, um, you know, why. Uh, however, very, very easy thing to do is contact either Experian, Equifax, and Ileon. As I say, you can get a free credit report and it will list on there all your credit facilities, uh, directorships you have, any defaults that you have, um, and it'll give you good, accurate information. Uh, and then you can get it fixed up. You know, If you know you're behind on something, you can get it fixed up and get your credit uh, score back into order. That may take a bit of time, but the good news is you can get access to this information and get it fixed up quick, smart.
1: So, Alex, what can we do to reduce the risks around identity theft and especially around our credit cards?
0: Yeah, look, this is critical, important. And as I said earlier, do not think this won't happen to you because it does happen a lot. Um, The first one I love and the one I do is I use a credit alert system. So if uh, if someone takes out a credit card in your name uh, using your personal details and date of birth, you'll be sent an alert and then you can ring that organisation and say, hey, that's not me. So that's the first thing. And that way you can solve a problem before it becomes a very big problem. The second one, and this is where people get really lazy, and I know I've been guilty of this, um, is when it comes to using websites, uh, and these days most of us you know, use multiple websites and we've got passwords for different things, make sure you use different passwords for every site. Uh, and I recommend you use a password manager. The one I use is one called LastPass, so that way I don't have to remember all my passwords, it enters it in automatically for you. Um, and that way uh, you don't, you're not using the same uh, password on every site because what hackers do is they'll break into a really well-known website. You know, all these big companies get hacked occasionally and then, uh, you know, they'll access 7 million people's data and they'll have your email and then your uh, password. And what they do is they then send out what they call phishing emails saying, Hey, if you don't do X, Y, Z and give us, you know, $500 of Bitcoin, then we're going to start releasing videos of you. And also, you know, they, they say all these nasty things these things happen all the time. So different passwords for every site is critical. The second thing to that, and many people, listeners will have this, is what we call two-factor authentication. It's where you get a an authenticator app on your phone. And uh, when you're accessing websites, not only do you enter in a password, but you enter in a code as well that gets sent to a, an app on your phone. And that way, uh, there's pretty much no way anyone can um, get into a website without your information, unless they've got your mobile phone as well. So that's a great one antivirus software obviously critical on all your computers making sure you've got things that are checking out for you know phishing software and ransomware all these kind of things um, really important uh, and of course just when you get your statements check them you know a lot of people as I say they get their credit card bill or bank statement and they don't check it properly they they just assume it's correct uh, and uh, they they pay the bill so make sure you check it to see if there's anything on there that you don't recognize uh, really important and the last one is you know if you you know, you got things in the mail. If you get any personal documents that you want to dispose of, make sure you shred them. Don't you know? Don't go putting things out in your letter, in, out in your garbage bin uh, that uh, that have personal information on it that can identify you. So there's lots of little things you can do. Um, as I say, the trap is to become sort of lazy and ambivalent to it and think it won't happen to you. Because as I say, this is in ha- happening to a lot of people, and it's very easy to reduce your risk significantly taking just some simple, low-cost um, precautions.
1: Alex, come back to those credit cards for a moment. Uh, they can be a problem, as you've said, as they impact our credit score and our ability to get a home loan. Uh, what are some of the issues mm. around uh, you know, treating our credit cards appropriately and making sure we uh, meet all our obligations here?
0: Mm. So the big thing for credit cards uh, is simply the fact that when you apply for a home loan, the bank will look at your credit limit and they'll assume that you owe the full amount. Now, there are a lot of people out there who are sensible with their credit cards and they pay the full amount every month. But let's say you have a very large credit limit, like say $20,000, the bank will assume that you owe the full amount and that will have a significant impact on your ability to service a loan and therefore the bank will lend you less money. So one of the things that we do with clients that want to apply for loans is we often get them to either reduce their credit limits or to cancel the credit card altogether. And that way it increases their serviceability. So that's a really important one. The other one is always making sure, you know, some people, you know, aren't great with the detail and often will have defaults or late payments on their credit cards. And that affects your credit score and may affect your ability to get a loan. So. I actually discourage credit cards altogether and some listeners will know I say to people get a debit card so you're using your own savings rather than using a credit card because defaults will have an impact on your credit score and uh, may limit your ability to get credit Uh, and the other one of course is if you have lots of credit cards or you have lots of credit inquiries you know you're increasing your limit regularly all that kind of thing then that will work against you as well because that will lower your credit score. So there's lots of little things here that they can have a, a negative impact. Obviously, if you're paid in full every month, you're not going to have any problem, um, but it will certainly affect your ability to service a loan. So think twice about credit cards.
1: And challenging issues around credit cards in general, and uh, from the time we get one, perhaps these days in our... Uh, Teenage or upper teenage years uh, don't always understand some of the ins and outs. Uh, There are some problems with credit cards, and uh, just give us a little insight here into why you're so cautious about them, uh, and and so far as uh, you know the issues with them.
0: Yeah, well, look. Obviously, the huge thing is that they they just charge you know insane interest rates. You know, you're looking at eighteen percent as the starting point for interest rates on most credit cards. Um, And what people forget is when you're paying the 18% interest, so let's say you owe $2,000 and you're paying 18% on it, you have to pay that off using after-tax money. So in other words, the real interest rate, if you were to gross it up for your marginal tax rate, you're really talking more about 25 to 30% interest. So it's much, much higher than what people realise. So the interest rate is a, is a massive problem. The other thing is a lot of people fall into the trap and they find themselves, they get caught in, in, into a bit of trouble is that they only pay the minimum amount, which is 3% of the balance each month. And what people don't realise is that if you only pay the minimum every month, it'll take you almost 30 years to repay it uh, and you'll pay more than three or four times the balance in interest. So it's massive, um, massive consequence. And of course, I think the weird thing about credit cards that I've discovered over the years is they drive impulse purchase. They're very um, addictive. You know, I once heard a pastor in the U.S. say he described them as plastic crack. In other words, like a drug that people became addicted to. And I think that's the danger with them. And why I, I really just urge people and urge listeners to just to not bother having one in the first place and avoid a lot of the heartache associated with them. Uh, And probably the last part is just people often use credit cards and they'll say, oh, just use it as an emergency fund. You know, if something goes wrong, I'll put on the credit card. But what that does is often makes the emergency worse. You know, let's say you have a health emergency, you put it on the credit card, but if that health emergency means you can't work or can't earn an income, then all of a sudden you may end up defaulting on that credit card and making the problem worse than it was. So hence I always say to people, have an emergency fund to prepare for emergencies, don't use credit cards for emergencies. So there are all sorts of potential traps, uh, I think, uh, with credit cards.
1: And just quickly, uh, for that listener who's saying, I've heard some of these sorts of things before, never taken them seriously, what's a good alternative? If you're talking about a a biblically sound, wise way of looking after some of these needs and protecting your identity, what's the best way for an alternative, Alex?
0: Mm. Well, look, I say to people... um, at the end of the day obviously we're all using the internet these days we're buying things online so you need like a a debit type system you need a system where you can transact online and these days most of the banks offer things like these are debit cards and so forth where you're using your own money so my view is you don't need a credit card to actually get by you don't need one to perform web-based transactions a debit card uh, is more than sufficient to do all the things that you would normally do anyway. And uh, The second thing to say to that is, rather than using a credit card for emergencies, build up an emergency fund. Uh, and I, most advisors will say similar things. Somewhere between three to six months worth of living expenses, you should have set aside in cash. And the logic of that is just simply rainy days come, you know, we get retrenched, we get, um, you know, we get sick, um, things happen to us, and you want to have money there for that rainy day. And emergency funds are the best way to do that. Uh, You don't want to be using credit cards when those emergencies uh, come. So, yeah, some good things to think about.
1: Good insights, Alex. And if we can't do that right now, that great advice becomes our aspiration to move towards a place where we might have those things secure. Alex Cook is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. And you can connect with Alex on his website, wealthwithpurpose.com. Lots of good free ebooks and resources there around our finances. You can follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. There is an Alex at wealthwithpurpose.com email. Alex Cook, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your insights with us once again today on 2020.